Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Drew Eanes. Drew is a Senior Client Solutions Manager at J.E. Dunn. However, community work is a major focus of the time Drew spends outside of his corporate job. Today, he's here to talk about that work and in particular, the Hadley Project, which he co-founded in January 2021. Welcome, Drew. Thank you for having me. What is the Hadley Project and how is its philanthropic approach different? The Hadley Project is a $6 million independent fund focused around racial, social, and environmental equity. Uh, So we started in 2021 uh, with a generous grant from the Sunderland Foundation, and we've been able to create our own independent board, um, initiatives, and model uh, to really shake up philanthropy here in Kansas City uh, and you know, provide solutions that haven't been done before. And so uh, we're looking at doing a lot of things differently in terms of not only how we give grants out in terms of our trust-based approach, uh, but also internally with our board. Um, I'm a person of color and there's five of us on the board. There aren't many people uh, historically who have had the opportunity uh, to sit on a board like this where they're giving grants out into the community. And so having a seat at the table has provided a lot of relationships and different thought processes in terms of how to go about philanthropy. And uh, that's not just me, but all five of us are in agreement that we want to do things differently. And so this is a experiment, if you will, uh, to test that model out and see where it goes. What is it that prompted this? I mean, was there a moment? Was there a situation? And especially when there's so many co-founders involved, what was it that pulled you together and, and made you decide that this is something that needed to be pursued? So the original board, which is five of us, consists of three members of the Sunderland family uh, who I had the opportunity to grow up with, uh, myself and Denise St. Omer. And we noticed that there was a need that needed to be shifted in terms of philanthropy and how to give money to the community. And a lot of that happened in 2020, uh, obviously with the culmination of a lot of events from the pandemic to uh, racial issues that I hadn't seen in my lifetime. And so there needed to be a change. And so the Sunderland family, the kids uh, at the time who were finding their voice on the Sunderland Foundation board, uh, realized that the organization has done a lot of great things for this community for a long time. But in terms of being intent on focusing around racial, social, and environmental equity, uh, there hadn't been a organization that was solely focused on that. And so this was an opportunity to do that. And we made an ask for $6 million, and we're fortunate enough to get that, and we hit the ground running in the beginning of 2021. And here we are at the end of 2022. We're partnered with close to 35, if not more, organizations, grassroots organizations led by people of color in our community. And it's been quite the ride. So when you say you invest into the community via grants that you distribute, are you giving those grants to the 35 organizations that you just mentioned? And and what what kind of organizations are they? Give us some examples. Yes. So we're giving unrestricted grants for a three-year timeline. So one of the issues that these grassroots organizations told us up front was that it's hard to be on the phone every month or every year trying to get new grants. And so what we wanted to do is provide unrestricted grants, whether it was paying your light bills, programming, hiring. Uh, It wasn't up to us. It was up to the organizations that knew more than we did about the solutions that they're trying to solve to do something about it. And so we wanted to give them the leeway three years at least of funding to hit the ground running. Uh, Some of the organizations, you know, all of them are around equity, right? Increasing opportunities for people 
Um, but educational opportunities such as Teachers Like Me or the Latin Education Collaborative, where both organizations respectively are trying to recruit um, brown teachers of color or black teachers of color. Uh, I can certainly relate to that. I grew up uh, when I moved here in 1994. I didn't have one African-American teacher growing up. So if you don't have somebody to look at, you know, why would you want to be a teacher? Um, so that's one example. Uh, Sankofa KC, um, this is a gentleman, David Muhammad. I talked to him last week. He just received another $30,000 grant outside of the Hadley Project. Uh, this gentleman uh, runs a martial arts studio, and he developed the Sankofa Leadership Academy. Uh, what the Sankofa Leadership Academy is, is it provides students, white, black, brown, male, female, to develop their leadership skills uh, within the martial arts realm, right? So he's teaching these kids leadership skills that you need, not just about martial arts, how to be accountable uh, for other people. And eventually when these students graduate from their program, they're able to teach these classes and get paid. And, uh, you know, it's invaluable what you can do when you give kids an opportunity um, to succeed. Um, so we talked about kids, but we're also working with some larger, maybe more well-known organizations in the community, uh, Ad Hoc Group of Crime, the Urban League of Kansas City, uh, which just received a million dollar grant last week in terms of all sorts of initiatives from workforce development, creating jobs, um, and just providing more opportunity to areas uh, that you know historically haven't had that opportunity. Your influence extends beyond the funding into other areas of needs for the grantees. Talk to us about that. You know, money is one thing, but building that sense of community is more. And we've really gotten to try to know all of these organizations as people rather than just what their core mission is. So putting on happy hours or events where we can collaborate with a lot of our grantees um, has been powerful and it's created other opportunities for them. Money is a catalyst to do a lot of things, but building that sense of networking and community um, and tying these individuals into other organizations that can help solve their issues is something I see uh, not just from a Hadley Project perspective, but from a Kansas City perspective. The opportunities are endless. If we can help tie one of our organizations to the local Heartland Black Chamber of Commerce for some programming, or if we can tie them to the corporate world, as we've been fortunate enough to do with J.E. Dunn with a couple of our grantees, which creates grants, it creates jobs. I think Kansas City has a big heart. And so what we're trying to do is tie in all those people with all of those big hearts and see how can we work together uh, to solve a lot of the issues that are pertinent in our society right now. As I mentioned, you work at J.E. Dunn, and I know that they're very philanthropic as well. How are they involved with the types of work that you do in the community? One of my favorite parts of working at J.E. Dunn is their sense of community. Uh, we pride ourselves as a community builder, and what that means is we take it to heart to solve some of the issues that are present in our community. Uh, one being workforce. Now, construction is one example, but if you look at a lot of different industries that power the city, there's a huge workforce problem uh, in terms of the labor pool. Oh, definitely. And so we got to do something about that. And so I'm tying in a lot of my passions in terms of equity into workforce. And so an example of that is with one of our partners with the Hadley Project, the Urban League of Kansas City uh, and Swag Inc., who are both being funded by Hadley Project, I've been able to build relationships with their leadership there. And so we've implemented workforce development programs. Project Pathways with the Urban League is designed to train people from the urban core for 48 hours worth of classes to introduce them to the trades, ironwork, masonry, carpentry. Uh, we've worked with the unions to help them get their pre-apprenticeship card. And when they graduate this program, 
we're going to put them on our job site. And so it's not just about, you know, a job. It's about creating a career. Absolutely. And that's not just going to benefit JE Dunn, but it's going to benefit all of our competitors and the people in this city and grow that workforce pool to people who historically have been left out of construction. There's not many minorities or, or black people in construction or women. And so that's something that personally I'm passionate about changing. Uh, Swag Inc. is another example. Naeem Elamine is a good friend of mine who has spent a lot of his life in and out of prison. And he wants to help people not deal with what he had to deal with. And so we're working with them on second chance citizens, same type of concept to introduce these people to the trades and give them the dignity, education and resources available to build a career in construction where they don't have to worry about, you know, finding that job uh, right after they get out. We want to give them the resources, the people, the knowledge, the mentorship to succeed. Uh, so that's just another example of how you can tie in the community with a couple of the hats that I'm fortunate enough to wear uh, to do something positive. You're a very young organization, just a year into this. What kind of results have you seen so far? Pretty phenomenal results. When we look at our ROI, um, it's more qualitative than quantitative. We're not worried about how many programs these organizations put on or how much revenue that they made. It's more of how many lives have you changed? Um, so you know, when we talk to HBCU Walking Billboard and they tell us how many kids they were able to send to college through a grant that we made, through you know, Clean Air Now, who's helping you know, clean our rivers, streams, our air. And you know, there's studies that show that that can increase life expectancy. Those are powerful results. And so we're really working on trying to identify you know, what that means moving forward as we grow to be a little more quantitative in terms of our success. But um, it's been a blessing to see the qualitative results uh, of people in terms of you know, we're sending kids to school, the programs that we're able to put on, the leadership uh, growth and some of the kids that we're able to work with. POAC, People of All Colors Succeed, is another great example where you know, they have classes and programming in Kearney, right? but they're also working in the urban core. And what if you could take those two communities and bring them together and focus on the fact that we're one community, we're not five or six different communities, and eliminate some of those biases um, that these kids naturally may have, consciously or unconsciously. And the results of that are endless. You mentioned that the grants are three years in length. Why three years? Why is that a magic number? When we first met with a lot of these organizations in 2021, uh, every one of them had this analogy called the goalpost theory. And so they would go to a lot of the larger, more well-known uh, philanthropic organizations in our community. And the first question they were usually asked was, who else is funding you? And if they didn't have an answer for that, they would say, okay, well, why don't you come back when you know, two or three organizations have funded you? And so what we see at the Hadley Project is we've been a catalyst, um, you know, because people know that the Hadley Project is funding them. It's allowed them to grow their organization with other funders. Um, and so it's an unintentional impact, if you will, where our dollars may start, you know, something. But now these organizations have more confidence and they can build a story to go into other philanthropic organizations or family foundations in the community. And these organizations are more willing to fund them. And so we're growing, you know, their footprint, if you will, by the fact that, you know, we're giving them a shot. And it's amazing what you can do when you give somebody an opportunity, especially very smart people that we get to work with on a daily basis and, and what they can do with it. Right now, there is a wait list for the organizations. So what does the fact that you have a wait list say to you? It tells me we're on to something, not only with these grassroots nonprofits that want to work with us, but 
we've met and have built relationships with other family foundations across the city who want to know and pick and choose little things about our model that they can implement. Um, so, you know, $6 million may not be nearly as much as a lot of these other organizations have, but it has been a catalyst for uh, people to think differently about what philanthropy uh, can be. And that's extremely exciting um, because, you know, when you work together collaboratively, a lot more things can get done. You know, these organizations have been just a blessing to work with um, because it's showing what you can do when you give people an opportunity that may not have had an opportunity before. You have received multiple honors for your dedication to the community, your commitment to entrepreneurial and social justice issues. I mean, just a few of them are Kansas City Man of the Year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. You have been part of the Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce's Centurion Leadership Program, and was you were even voted Centurion of the Year. So congratulations on that. Um, and you've also been a Kansas City Chamber of Commerce ACE Award recipient. So people are recognizing what you're doing. I suspect, though, that that's not why you got into the the work that you're doing. What is it that drives you about this type of work, about being involved in these kinds of issues? I think I was very fortunate to have two parents who instilled the desire to do good for others uh, from a very young age. My, my dad uh, always told me, you need to do as much as you can for as many as you can for as long as you can. And so I take all of the opportunities that I've gotten, the education that I've received, some of the friendships and opportunities uh, that have been presented to me. And I understand that that comes with, with much is given, much is expected. And I take everything and every opportunity that I do as an opportunity to uplift others. Um, it's not about me. Um, I'm fortunate enough to know that I've received and, and gotten a lot of opportunities, and it would be a shame if I didn't do something about that for other people. And that's how I try to live my life, not only uh, in the community, my job, my family, my friends, uh, every aspect of my life, um, I take it as an opportunity to build others up. And if I can continue to do that, and hopefully good things will continue to happen. How can our listeners get involved with the fund? I think you can go to our website, which is hadleyprojectkc.org. Uh, to see and get a, gain a, a better perspective on the types of organizations that we're working with. We're in phase two of planning what the Hadley Project's going to become, the next phase of it, um, with some consultants over the fall where uh, we may have the opportunity to become our own independent foundation next year. And so there's a lot of questions in there of what that means, uh, but we'll roll that out and let the community and public know uh, when we're finished with that. Right now, I think it's less to do with working with the Hadley Project and more what you can do for all of these great organizations that we support. These nonprofits, especially the, the grassroots ones, are always looking for help. If you're interested in educational outcomes, if you're interested in reducing crime, if you're interested in cleaning the environment, grassroots organizing, there's an organization we can get in contact with you with. And so on our website, we have a list of the 30-plus organizations that we're working with um, and see what their mission's about. And if it aligns with your mission, reach out to them, and I bet you that they'd be willing to have your help. Great advice, and I'm sure they would too. Drew, thank you so much for all the work that you do in our community, you and all the people that you're working with. It's just a wonderful thing that you're doing. We appreciate that. Well, thank you. I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to do it, and thank you for having me on. This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to Drew Eanes for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. 
By creating a trust-based model of giving, the Hadley Project flips the traditional charitable giving model. It targets grassroots nonprofit organizations focused on racial, social, and environmental causes with three-year grants. Then it leads it to the nonprofits, the people closest to those issues, to use those grants in ways that will create the most positive impact. As a result of the funding and the wraparound services the fund provides, workforce programs are being developed. College scholarships have been awarded to historically black colleges and universities, and a number of other opportunities are being created. The lesson for all of us to remember is that when you give access to opportunity, good things will happen. In the case of the Hadley Fund, helping marginalized communities is good not only for those communities, but for Kansas City as a whole. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank, member FDIC.